Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. It got you again, didn't it? Maybe by next week it won't, it won't surprise you, but uh, uh, we're in the middle of a series called Arrows. Uh, this is week four. We've been talking about uh, relationships. We've been talking about family. We've been talking a lot about parenting. If you have kids, uh, I would encourage you, if you haven't been here uh, for the whole series, to go on, check it out on YouTube. Uh, just search for Vertical Church. Uh, search for Vertical Church Chesapeake. Find the logo that looks like this arrow here. Find that and, um, and, and yeah, subscribe. Click subscribe. You'll always be updated. Uh, when we post something new, but really, really want to encourage you uh, to check out this series, if, especially if you have kids or you're thinking about having kids or you ever want to be around kids, uh, check this series out. It's just, it's been really, really good. We're on week four today, and, uh, and we're, we're talking about, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, family, and I, I discovered something this week. Um, there's a difference between having something and knowing how to use it. You know what I mean? Like, like there are all kinds of things in my life that I have that I really don't know how to use it. I didn't read the directions. I did kind of the stereotypical guy thing. I just opened it up and tried to, tried to use it. But I thought, you know, instead of, instead of explaining that, because, you know, sometimes it's hard to just use words. I thought, I thought, let me, let me show a video to really get us all on the same page of this idea that there's a difference between having something and knowing what to do with it. So uh, let's roll this video and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll really jump into the message after this one. So check this out. It's either going to work or it's not. Absolutely not. Yep. 
<laughs> I'd just like to congratulate our uh, handyman on his fine workmanship. Good job. Can we all agree that having something and knowing how to use it are not always the same thing, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you can have something and maybe, maybe you don't know exactly what to do with it. So uh, you can have a spouse, but having a spouse doesn't mean you know how to engage or interact or relate to your spouse. You can have kids. But just because you have kids doesn't mean that you know how to parent. And in this series of, of arrows, the main idea for the whole series really has been God has in mind what success looks like for families. And we've been talking a lot about arrows, and, and God says that, that kids are like arrows, which means parents, we're archers, and, and we've got these arrows. God also calls them blessings or, or gifts. And we've said over and over again that success, knowing uh, not just having a family, but knowing what to do with the family, that success is the kingdom of God. That the aim for our arrow, the, 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 the target that we're shooting at, the bullseye for where we want our arrows to land is the kingdom of God. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the gospel. It's the reception of, of grace and forgiveness and being put on mission for God to tell others the good news about Jesus. And so today I want to continue that, that series uh, this is week four, and I want to go ahead right up front and give you the sermon in a sentence. Like, if you don't remember anything else today, you just remember this one thing. Here's the sermon in one sentence, and it's a really short sentence. Here it goes. Relationships take work. All right. See you next week. Just kidding. I worked on that joke all week. Anyway, <laughs> this is the mentality you have to have. Relationships take work. They're not easy. Being married isn't easy. Having kids isn't easy. Let me hear you, somebody. Uh, having teenagers isn't easy, right? Like, teenage, that's hard work. I heard, I heard one person say that uh, raising kids is like trying to nail jello to the wall, right? Like, like it's just like you slimy and squiggly and you can't, you can't get it to stay up there. It's, it's hard work. And so today in the, in the context of our series talking about relationships, I want to talk about work. And to do that, I got my, I don't know if you can see, I got my boots on. Uh, because the title of today's sermon is Get On Your Boots. And several of you, I, we, we send an email every Friday morning telling, hey, here's what we're going to talk about on Sunday. Several of you showed up with your boots on because I said, hey, you may want to wear your work boots uh, to church on Sunday. These are not work boots, as our electric guitar player, Ken, so eloquently pointed out to me this morning. Uh, and I said, you're right. They've never worked a day in their life. Um, but have you ever noticed... Have you ever noticed how your mentality changes depending on the footwear that you have on? Um, let, me, let me give you a few examples. Um, if you're wearing flip-flops, 
you're probably relaxed. It's like, man, it's the, it's the, I'm not working today. I'm not, I'm not uh, doing any kind of uh, maintenance. Or I've got my flip-flops on. It's chill day. It's relaxed. It's casual, right? Um, if you're wearing dress shoes, it kind of puts you in this mentality of, all right, it's business it's professional time. I've got, I kind of, I got my act together. You know, I got, I know what's going on. If you're wearing Crocs, it means you've given up. <laughs> it's like, just throwing in the towel, man. Got the Crocs on. Checking out. See you later. Uh, if you're wearing socks with sandals, you've got a big sign that says, I'm a dad. Right? Don't do that. Really? Give it up. Don't do that. Um, I, uh, I came across this story about a preacher who, um, in his office, he would keep a set of steel toe work boots beside his desk. And when it came time in the week for him to uh, work on the sermon, to, to, to go into sermon preparation, he would slide over, he would slip whatever shoes he had on, he would slip those off, and he would put his work boots on. He would lace them up and tie them up because he wanted to... He wanted to mentally shift in his mind, I'm working. Because, because writing a sermon is hard work if you're going to do it right. Like anybody can get up here with three points in a poem and, and if you've got to have, I've got to have something to say. It's different having something or it's different, different to have to say something and then having something to say. It's different getting up and, and preaching with a, with, a, with a fire in your bones because God has implanted a word in your heart and, and you want to give people something that they can use in the fight on Monday when you show up to work. I want you to show up with a little bit of Holy Ghost pep in your step, ready to take on the world. And so to do that kind of preaching takes work. And so this preacher would put on his work boots. And I thought that's a really interesting analogy because I think a lot of us in our families, in our family life, in our relationships with our kids, our marriage, a lot of us, we need to get our boots on. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta switch our our mindset, and we gotta put our our boots on when we're thinking about our family, when we're thinking about our marriage. Why? Because relationships take work. It takes work. It takes intentionality. It takes focus and purpose, and 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 we gotta we gotta shift how we think about that. Uh, we've been we've been using Psalm chapter one twenty seven really as a a focal point of our whole series. Every week we start with either a whole thing or a verse. And this week is no different. So I want you, if you have a Bible, uh, open up to Psalm 127. I'm just going to read verse 1 to you. If you don't have a Bible, the, the verse will be right behind me on this screen uh, above my head. So just look there if you don't want to open it up. If you have a phone, uh, you can open your YouVersion app. That's a free download. Just called the Bible. Uh, and you can read that way. Psalm 127, verse 1 Here's what, here's what the, the, the author, Solomon, Solomon is, is, uh, is the son of David. Both of those guys are, are kings in Israel at different times. And, and he, Solomon is regarded as, as one of, if not the wisest person to have ever lived. He, he asked God for wisdom and God gave it to him. And listen to these wise words that come from Solomon. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. 
So Solomon, this just incredibly wise, uh, God-fearing king, basically says, don't build your house without God. If you try to build your house without God, he calls that vain. He says it's just wasting time. You're just, you're, you're just wasting time if the goal of building your house is not to build it in the Lord. Jesus will say in Matthew chapter 7 that the goal is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The goal for our parenting, the goal for our, our marriages, the goal for our lives in general is Christ likeness. So if you're a son, the goal is Christ likeness. If you're a, if you're a mom, the goal is Christ likeness. If you're an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or a, a third cousin once removed by marriage, the goal is Christ likeness to infiltrate and infuse every part of your life with Jesus. And to not do that, to not build that way, to not build on that foundation, Solomon says, it's just vain. It's just wasted time. Jesus says that in Matthew 7, he says that, the, that there's a tragic ending for those people. It's like building your house on sand, Jesus says. That, that it might look pretty on the outside. You know, you might have decorated it really well. You may have picked out the best color on, the, on, on, your, on your, 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 your siding or, or your vinyl. Or you may have a brick house. It's awesome. It's good. It may look perfect. But if the foundation is sand, Jesus says it will fall. When the storm comes, when the waters rise, when trouble hits you, your life, your, your, your house will collapse because the foundation isn't good. It's what Jesus says. It's not, it's not, in fact, Jesus says, great will be its fall. It's not just going to collapse, but it's going to collapse in an incredibly um, bad way. So Solomon, Solomon says, if we, if we labor, but we don't labor in the Lord, it's in vain. Now, one of the things that's important to do when you're studying the Bible is to make sure that you understand what's not being said, right? Because Solomon doesn't say labor is in vain. Solomon doesn't say work is unimportant. Like, don't worry about working. Like, that's pointless. No, no, that's not what he says. He says, as you labor... As you build, as you work, as you put your your passion into your arrows and shooting them towards the target, he says, make sure you're trusting God as you build. As As you put your boots on to get to work, make sure you're also hitting the knee to pray and ask God for his strength, his wisdom, his grace to run through your life. Paul echoes this in the New Testament. Paul is is one of the early uh, founders of the whole Christian movement, wrote wrote a bunch of the writings in the New Testament. He says this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, and it almost sounds like he's writing this while he's got got the the, the passage of Psalm just kind of opened up before him. Look what he says. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, Because why? Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not what? In vain. Your labor is not in vain. Your work is not wasted. Your your, your passion, your energy is is not depleted if it's in the Lord. Now, if it's not in the Lord, it is in vain. Paul and Solomon would both agree on that. And it's interesting because I think we tend to uh, we tend to try to avoid that tension 
you, you find a lot, of, a lot of Christians who avoid the tension between faith and work. Well, you know, is it, is it just God does it all or does he expect me to do it all? Well, no, no, no. It's a, it's a tension that you've got to hold on to between faith and between, between do everything that you can do. Work as hard as you can work and at the same time trust God to do what only he can do. Because there are some things that are out of your control. There are some things that no matter how hard you work, you'll never, you'll never get through that because it's beyond your control. But, but keep in mind, like a lot of times Christians will veil laziness in spirituality. And they'll, they'll say stuff like, well, you just got to let go and let God. Okay. If you mean you have to let go of controlling every detail and aspect of your life and trust God in those areas of your life where you have no control, I understand what you're saying. I get that. Yes, you do. you got to let go of, uh, you can't control everything. But if it's a way of saying, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to stand passively and wait and just, and just be completely, uh, uh, I'm going to lay down and quit until God like, does something. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's accurate, especially when it comes to your family. I want to show you this. Same guy, uh, Solomon, wrote this in Proverbs chapter 24. Look, look at this. When he, he's talking about that idea of, of laziness veiled as spirituality, he says in verse 30, he says, I went past the field of a sluggard. I love that word. I, we should just start using that more often. You're a sluggard. And then people are like, what? Anyway, I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. No sense. You've got no sense. My mom used to tell me that. I don't think it was a compliment. Um, thorns, look at this, look, sluggard, no sense, and look at, he's going to describe the, 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 the house of this person. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Now, I am positive, I am 100% positive, nobody in this room wants that passage to describe your home. Nobody wants, like, hey, how's your marriage doing? Well, have you ever walked by a house that hadn't cut their grass in three months? Yeah, it's like that. You excited about that? Yeah, it's great. There are weeds everywhere, thorns, wild animals running around, the fence is knocked down so any crazy dog can just run right in like it's... Like, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Nobody wants that for their family. But that's exactly what it looks like if we neglect getting our boots on and getting to work. Because we're only going to have a home life as good as the work that you're willing to put into it. But I've got good news. Good news is this, that, that good parents are made, not born. Some of us, like we, some of us are maybe a bit more naturally gifted at, 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 at relationships, but, but being a good husband, a good wife, a good, a good parent, those are skills you can cultivate. You can, you can grow, and, 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 and everybody can learn and work at being good at it. I, I hear, I get to talk to people, and, and one of the most common emotions or experiences that people have is regret. 
So many of us are carrying around this, this regret. And it sounds like, you know, well, if I could just go back. My kids, 16, 17, 18 years old, if I could just go back to when they were a little kid, I would, I would fix some stuff, you know? If I could just go back and fix things, if I could just go back and make some different decisions, if I could just go back and maybe things with my wife wouldn't be as tense as they are, if I could just go back. And, and what can happen is that sorrow can make you want to check out. It can make you want to throw the towel in and just be like, I'm done. But I just want to encourage you. Hey, man, we're all works in process. <coughs> None of us has got this thing figured out. In fact, it, it says in Ecclesiastes that the end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride, which means just because you had a rough couple of first laps doesn't mean the finish of your race has to be rough. You can get better as you go forward. You can get stronger as you continue. You don't have to throw in the towel. You can get your boots on and get to work. So to do that, to help you do that, I want to talk about relationships this way. Here's how we're going to talk about relationships. Relationships are more relationships are more catch than dodgeball. Let me let me illustrate what I mean by that. Dodgeball, um, uh, dodgeball. He wouldn't play dodgeball with this necessarily, but dodgeball. I gotta make sure. I, I thought about throwing it, but then I saw Miss Betty, and I was like, I better not do that. I might hit her. I don't want to do that. So dodgeball. You play dodgeball. You play to win, right? Like you, your goal is is to throw the ball in such a way that you hit the other person and you get them out of the game. Like you win, they lose. One nothing. I am the champion. That's not how relationships function. I'm going to invite uh, uh, Pastor Hope, my wife. It's real weird for me to call her Pastor Hope because it's like calling her Sister Butcher, right? But uh, I'm going to invite Pastor Hope here. Take one of those because I want to illustrate this to you. Uh, are you going over there? All right, cool. That works. Because um, because I want you to I want you to see something, and I'm going to try. Yeah, that's not on. I'm going to, uh, pardon me for a second, while I get a uh, stand for this microphone. So I can, because if not, I don't have but one hand. So uh, relationships are more catch than dodgeball. All right, that kind of that kind of works. Yeah, that, that, that makes it a lot easier on me. I was trying to figure this out last night, and I couldn't figure it out. Anybody play this game, like with the Velcro paddles and the ball? and you, Right? Like, it's fun, right? It's cool. So... Here's the goal, all right? You've got to have a mindset change because if we were playing dodgeball, my goal would be to fling this as hard as I could at Hope's head or her leg or something to get her out of the game, right? But that's not the game of catch. And relationships are more like catch than they are dodgeball. So, so you've got to have a mindset change. Instead of trying to win, it's not about winning. It's about sustaining the interaction. It's not, it's not, it's not one, zero. No, no, no. It's four, five, six, seven. You see that? Like that's, that's, that's the goal. Initiate, reciprocate. Send, receive. Give, take. It's not win and lose. When she wins... 
I win. Now, what happens? What happens when there's a crazy throw? Okay? So you thought, like, what happens when there's a crazy thing? You gotta like reach out here and like grab it. Well, you have a couple of choices. You can do this. You can just you can snag the ball and then you can just throw it back. That's it. I'm just I'm I'm continuing the relationship. I'm sending and I'm receiving. I'm not I'm not doing anything crazy. But let's say there's a wild throw. You have another choice. You can you can get ticked off. They know how to play catch. Well, I bet they threw that thing crazy on purpose. I tell you what, I'm going to put so much stink on this ball. I'm going to throw it so hard at her, I make her palm hurt. And you can, you can whiz it. Yeah, 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 get like that. You can whiz it. Listen to me. You freeze right like that, like you were. I, 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 you stay like that. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta preach a little bit. <laughs> Just freeze, <laughs> fellas. Too many of your wife and kids look like that in your relationship. Why are you picking on the guys? Because we got a problem. We gotta talk about it. Okay. So you stay like that the whole time. All right. <laughs> too many of you are notorious. For losing your cool and whizzing a fastball 90 miles an hour at your at your your wife or your kids when they just made an errant throw, and now they're looking like this in the relationship. And fellas, it's something we need to correct. Why? Because we got a problem in our country. We got a problem in our world. It, can we all agree on this? Whether whatever like whether you're blue, red, purple, it doesn't matter. Can we just agree that one assault is too many? Can we agree? I'm not asking you to like vote a certain way. I'm not asking you to change any of your political opinions. It shouldn't be surprising that we all agree one abuse is too many, right? Like we can all, that's Christian. One abuse is too many. Now, why, why are you just picking on the guys? Okay, I want to do a survey. I want to do a survey. Uh, let's start with the men. Men, how many of you, I want you to raise your hand. This is everybody participate. How many of you have ever been afraid of walking into an elevator by yourself with one other person? Raise your hand. Look around. Women, how many of you have ever gotten on an elevator and there's just one guy on there and the door closed and you were afraid? Raise your hand. Look around. We got a problem. We got a problem. So we got to talk about it. Why am I singling you out, guys? Because it matters how you throw the ball back. It matters how you, how you respond, how you throw the ball. Because in our world, in our country, in our culture, we have a sickness. And you can either feed the sickness by whizzing the ball back or you can be part of the solution by saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And here's what I think. Here's what I think would just be really cool. We have a problem. We have a sickness. And wouldn't it be just like God to use the source of destruction to become the source of healing. 
to use the, 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 the gender that has notoriously for years whizzed the fastball back, inflicted harm, caused fear, caused pain, to then be transformed to be a source of healing and life to those who are most precious to them. Wouldn't that be really cool? Wouldn't it be just like God to use the tool the enemy tried to use to destroy her identity to be the one who speaks life into her identity? Wouldn't that be just like God? So, fellas, listen to me. It matters how you throw the ball back. So when you get that crazy pitch, right, you get that one that, that just about takes your head off and, and just about, you know, you have to dive down to grab it. You say, okay, I'm just going to lob it back up. I'm just going to lob it back up because it matters how I throw it back. It matters. It doesn't, you know what doesn't matter? Who wins? doesn't matter. What matters is 21, 22, 23, 24. As long as we stay in the game, as long as we send, receive. Send, receive. As long as you stay in the game, you both win. Because check this out. It, I can, I can be like, well, okay, what, what if I don't throw it back hard? What if I just make it really hard for her to catch? That's not the game. The game is catch, not dive. So my goal is to put it in a place that makes it easier on her to catch. Ladies, the goal is not to, to whiz it at his head. The goal is to serve it up so he can catch it easy, so she can catch it easy. Listen, this is not about... This is not about, you know, some kind of umbrella hierarchy that you see on Facebook with the husband at the top and the wife. It's not about that. This isn't about love and respect. And Because quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you, some of the, fellas, some of the things your wife needs most is not love. She needs respect because she's working her tail off for you. And ladies, one of the things your husband needs most is not more respect, but he needs more love in his life and to know that he is welcome and accepted just like he is. And so it's not about that. It's about staying engaged in the relationship, back and forth, just like the Aaliyah song from the 90s, back, back, forth and forth. Don't listen to that. That's not godly. Anyway, it's just continuing this relationship. It's just send and receive. You see, it's more catch, less dodgeball. I want to show you three things real quick. We got like no time, so I'm going to make this real fast. Three things to how you can continue that, that interaction. Here's the first one. The first thing you need to do is you got to save some energy. You got to save some. So many of us pour out everything at work. We give 110% on the job and we got nothing when we get home. You got to save some energy. You got to hold back. You can't, you can't pour it all out in your career and then get home and just collapse. No, no, no. You got to save some back so that you can, you can have energy to throw and catch. Throw catch. I read one thing that said if, if fathers recruited 20% of the intellectual, physical, mental, and emotional energy that they use at work and, and applied it at home, we'd live in an entirely different country. Dads, it matters how you throw the ball back. So you've got to save something back for your family. You can't, you can't use it all nine to five. When you get home, you got to do whatever you got to do so that when you come in, moms, when you come in from a long day of work, 
When you come in from the office, when you come in from, from the shipyard, mom, wherever you work, if you work outside the home, dad, if you work outside of the home, wherever, whenever you, you come to that time where, where your work day has ended and now it's family time, you got to have something in the tank, ready to love, ready to play, catch. Number two, you got to study your people. you got to study your people. You remember that first research paper you did in school? What did you do? You didn't just start writing the paper, at least if you were a good student, you didn't. You accumulated some data. Maybe if you were like younger, you Wikipedia the thing. I don't know. But you had to get some research from somewhere. So in your family, you gotta you gotta study your people. Who are these people? What makes them tick? Well, maybe the re- maybe because my wife is a firstborn, maybe that influences the way she interacts with me. What did my husband do in his family on holidays? Maybe I need to know that. Maybe I need to be aware of that. Why? Because not so you can change them, but so that you can understand. So that your 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 knowledge of them can grow and you can you can develop you can develop uh, an, an understanding. Gary Chapman talked about it as love languages, right? Like we, many of us have read that book where where we send and receive love in unique Ways, whether it's it's quality time or, or touch or acts of service or gifts or words of affirmation, it's not it's not convert them to my language, but let me become fluent in theirs. Why? Because it's send and receive. It's not change to be like me. No, we're in this game together, so it's send. And receive. And that means sometimes you got to adjust the way you like to throw it and throw it the way they like to catch it. Make sense? It's a game of catch. It's not a game of dodgeball. Number three, and this is it. You got to stay in the game. You got to stay in the game. Because here's the other option, right? Because sometimes if you're a parent, sometimes they respond with attitude. Sometimes they rebel. Sometimes they mouth off. Sometimes they're just crazy. Sometimes they're just teenagers, and teenagers are always a little crazy. But, but here's the deal. They, they, they throw you a wild pitch, and you, you, some of us respond by, you know, throwing it right back at them real hot and heat, you know, all that. But some of us are just like, you're going to play that way. I'll take my ball and go home. And we leave the game. That's not catch. You got to stay in the game. You can't. It's not. It's not good to explode, but it's also not good to internalize and and take your ball and leave. You hurt my feelings, so I'm just checking out. No, 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 no. That's not the game. The game is catch. The game is send, receive, throw, catch, toss, grab, give. Receive. I read this book. This is the last thing I'm going to uh, share. That I'm going to pray, and then and then we'll be wrapped up for the for the morning. We'll jump into week five next week. Uh, I read this book by a pediatrician. She's been working for thirty years uh, with kids and families, uh, and 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 just kind of getting to know families and 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 helping them through different things. And and she says this. Look look at this. This is this was a book about dads and daughters. So that's why the language is the way it is. But I just thought this was so. Powerful. In fact, I'm just going to read it to you. We're going to have the quote on the screen. You can read it as I read it out loud. She says this. She says, they'll, meaning your kids, they'll dive into a power struggle with you. Not to see how tough you are, but to see how much you really care about them. So remember that when she pushes hard against your rules, flailing, crying that you are mean or unfair, she's really asking you a question. 
Am I worth the fight, Dad? Are you strong enough to handle me? Make sure she knows the answer is yes. How do you do that? Discipline, grit, will. If you need to distance yourself emotionally for a time, do it. If you need a physical separation for a bit, okay. She's talking about if you need to go for a walk and cool off, then go for a walk for five, ten minutes. But then look what she says. But always come back. Will, patience, calm, and persistence will pay off in your relationship with her. Nothing better expresses serious love than this combination of qualities. Let her know that nothing she can do can make you stop loving her. Say that if you need to. Come on, how good is that? Because people, listen, people in your life are going to throw some nasty stuff your way. They're going to throw it in all kinds of different forms and formats, just testing to see if you really, are you really committed to building this house? And it takes work you got to put your boots on and get to work. You can't grow weary in doing good for at the right time. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. It takes work. It takes pers- persistence, perseverance. you got to get your boots on and work for your spouse. you got to get your boots on and work for your marriage, work for your family, work for your kids, work for what matters most. And when you run out of energy and you've given everything you can, you can drop to your knees, throw your hands up, and ask God for supernatural strength to help you make it through the day. And he says, if you build that way, you won't build the house in vain. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, that that we don't have to build in vain. We don't have to build homes that ultimately can't stand the storm and trials of life. But God, if we build in you, if we build in you, then our family will make the distance. If we build in you, then our kids are going to hit that bullseye. If we build in you, we set them up for the best possible scenario and we send them flying with the right trajectory. We do everything that we can do and then we trust you to do what only you can do. Some of us in this room, God, we've we've released some arrows Now we're just trusting you to guide them home. They've already left the quiver. And now, God, we're dependent upon you to get them to the bullseye. Some of us in this room, God, we still got them in the the pocket, ready to go. They're they're still at home. We still have time to, to interact and engage. God, help us to stay in the game. Help us to to continue showing up day after day, week after week, year after year, throwing it back and catching it. Lord, in our marriages this morning, show us that it's not a game of dodgeball. It's not win or lose. It's just sustained interaction. If something this morning stirred your heart, something that was said this morning kind of it felt like, maybe it felt like you would say, you would put it this way, it felt like you were talking directly to me there, Pastor Josh. Like you were hitting me right in the, like did you read my email? Were you at my house the other night? Like how did you know that? If that's, if that's you, listen to me, friend, that is the Holy Spirit of God bringing that to your, to, to, to your 
recognition so that you can release that to him so that you can invite his grace into your life to give you the strength to experience the transformation that he wants you to experience. And so if that's you, what I want to do, here's here's how I want to pray the very end, is I just want you to ask God, like, if he pointed out something to you in the middle of this message, in the middle of worship, whatever it was today, right now, just for the next, I don't know, for the next 30 seconds, would you just, would you just talk directly to him about that? Just tell him, just say, Lord, you pointed this out to me. And God, I want to, I want to check in with you. I want to surrender this to you. Lord, you were showing me something about my relationship with my wife. You were showing how I, how I respond and how it's not healthy. God, I want to invite your Holy Spirit right now to, to flood my life, to transform me. God, I don't want to be the kind of person that, that throws the ball back in anger and leaves my wife and kids in fear. I don't want to leave my husband in, in fear. I, don't, I, want to, I want to sustain the interaction. Lord, would you do a work in my heart? Would you do a work in me, Holy Spirit? Just pray that and ask him. And he'll, he's so faithful. He'll do it. He'll come in and he'll begin working in your life. Just add, Holy Spirit, you, you, you showed up and you, you pointed this out. Now I want to invite your grace to, to transform me. Here at Vertical Church, we believe in moments of transformation. It's like a light bulb goes off in your heart. And it's like, I've never seen it that way before. That's there to invite the Holy Spirit to work on you, to change you, to transform you. We're all in process here. None of us have arrived. Surrender to him and let him lead you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our church. We thank you for what you're doing in our families. We're excited to see what comes next. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.